Cadillac, bad tire on my back, charge caught to go black, but I ain't got you. Got women to the right of me, got women to the left of me, I got chicks all around me, but I ain't got you. I got the tab at the liquor store, I hit the number. Welcome to Street Delay Podcast, this is your host with the most, Mike Macmastunas. How's everybody doing out there? I'm doing great. It feels awesome to be back behind the mic, I'll tell you. I have been going through some major withdrawal, and uh, tonight is going to be a little different than usual. As you can tell, Andrew is not with me. It's just because... He's working right now. Jobs, uh, the new job he just started is going a little crazy. And I know tonight we promised that we would get together and do our double feature of Beverly Hills Cop 3 and then go right in the short circuit. But I have wanted to get a new show out. Uh, it's kind of good that we had vacation because of the fact of I actually got pretty sick the following week and I lost my voice and I just sounded really, really bad. But now I'm feeling great, and, uh, you know, I was like, what am I going to do? You know, about tonight, I really wanted to get a show going, and at the same time, I know you guys are now used to not having me solo, you're used to having a co-host, so I'm doing something a little different tonight. Tonight starts the uh, series of Movies So Bad They're So Good, or as I've renamed this series, called Guilty Pleasures. Essentially, here's how it's going to go. I've talked about doing this series for a while now. And we have all these movies planned out for what we're doing this year. But on the occasional times that if Andrew and myself can't get together, I'm going to throw out one of these episodes from the Guilty Pleasures series. So the first one I'm doing is my favorite of the Guilty Pleasures, which is The Adventures of Ford Fairland, starring Andrew Dice Clay. Now here's the thing with this film. This film is hated by a lot of people. But it's also loved by a lot of people. This film is definitely in the same Howard the Duck kind of level that my that my Howard the Duck review was. Is like I knew watching, I knew reviewing it that people were not gonna dig this review, 
or other people were. It's definitely a love-hate film. So I know not a lot of people are going to be downloading this episode. So that's why tonight it's going to be not your typical normal STL episode. I have a lot of email, but the emails are about Beverly Hills Cop and Short Circuit. So uh, you're still going to get the same show in regards to you know movies, music news, and, and TV news, and uh, music spotlight, all that fun stuff. But it's just going to be a little different because you're not having you know Andrew for me to bounce off of. And it's not going to be as long because, as I told you, I actually got a lot of emails in. So it's going to be really good times. But here's the deal. Uh, me and Andrew are going to try to get together later this week. And we will record that double feature for you and get this party rolling on the STL Nation. So I am super pumped, super excited. So before we get into the review of Adventures of Ford Fairland, let's go ahead and get into some good old movie and music news when i was young i used to turn up the bass and rock out to billy jean and thriller in my basement when michael jackson was a pop sensation every second song on the radio station remember Axel telling us to have patience and records so without any affiliation when william hung and music still had no relation someone tell janet Alright, movie and music news. I am super excited to be doing this. Uh, it's been a while, but uh, one of the biggest things that happened when we were on our small break is the SOPA Act. As you guys probably know, uh, there was actually protest against it. You know, Google and uh, Wikipedia, I'm sure you guys were all part of that uh, protest. I know I was, and you know, on the Facebook page, I've been pretty interactive with you guys on it. and. Uh, I'm really excited to see that it hasn't officially ended, but it's definitely taken a back seat. So it looks like they're trying to find healthier ways to take care of this without actually uh, censoring the internet, which is really, really good. Um, the Super Bowl, you know, just happened, so we had a lot of really cool commercials. So, you know, we got the Avengers, and uh, the, the first G.I. Joe trailer was much better than the one that we got during the Super Bowl. It was kind of a funny, it's kind of uh, just around a Jay-Z song, which, you know, was kind of funny, and it showed Bruce Willis at the end. I was definitely more impressed with the original trailer. The funny thing is this year, you would actually see movie trailers posted before the actual Super Bowl. I know they premiered the Ferris Bueller's Day Off car commercial, and then the G.I. Joe spot that they were going to show during the Super Bowl came online a couple days before then. So that was kind of interesting twist how they did things. The Avengers was pretty cool. They showed the spot during the Super Bowl and then they gave you an online exclusive which was pretty awesome. So all in all, I had a really good time watching the commercials. Uh, in regards to other, you know, there's been a lot of things happened since 
uh, we've been gone, so I know I'm going to miss some stuff. Uh, there's been a lot of positive reaction to the Amazing Spider-Man trailer that just aired today. That went really good. Uh, Wolverine has officially got its release date, which is going to be pretty cool. Uh, Machete, if you're a Machete fan, which it's really dumb fun, that film. Uh, that's the one with Danny Trejo. That's actually going to get a sequel, which is pretty cool news. Uh, other interesting stuff that's happened that I'm trying to remember off the top of my head here. Oh yeah, that's right. The uh, Transformers 3 DVD that I was telling you guys to wait for has finally come out. It's the limited edition where you get the 3D Blu-ray, you get the regular Blu-ray, uh, Blu you get the DVD and the digital copy. Pretty cool. It's 30 bucks at Walmart, but I actually have a coupon where I get 10 bucks off, which is pretty awesome. When I went looking for it, they only got four copies in and it sold out. I was pretty pissed off. So I still can't find it. Uh, but hey, uh, Knight Rider, you know, as you guys know, I host the Shadowy Flight. Um, my daughter constantly watches season three. Every time I come home from work, she's always watching it nonstop, over and over and over again. Which, you know, my favorite episodes are now becoming my least favorite episodes because she watches them over and over. But she actually scratched one of my discs, and I tried going online to find season three. So Walmart happened to have the same time I was looking for Transformers, had season three for nine bucks. But my paycheck wasn't coming in until the next day. Sure enough, my paycheck comes in, I go look it up on Walmart, it's sold out, out of stock. Oh man, I was so frustrated. So that not that the thing when you finally get money, the thing you want is gone. And all you Star Wars fans out there, uh, most people aren't a big fan of the first one, Phantom Menace. You know, I definitely like it a lot more than most people that's coming to the theater in 3D. So wondering if you guys are going to go see it. So shoot me an email, let me know what uh, if you do see it, how awesome it was in 3D. I'm pretty excited because uh, I'm going to go see Journey 2. Which you guys know, of course I'm going to go see Journey 2 because it's The Rock, Dwayne Johnson in it. Um, I did see Underworld, which I put a review up for you guys. Uh, that was my first experience in the 3D world, and I had a blast. You can check the Facebook page for that review on what I thought of Underworld. And uh, Journey 2, uh, I'm a little worried just because I wanted The Rock just to do strictly action films. Don't go back to the kiddie stuff. But this one looks like it's going to be half and half. You know, kind of like half kids movie, half action packed. Then, of course, he comes back in G.I. Joe. And then uh, he's got another movie coming out later this year. So I'm actually going to go see that, uh, I think, this weekend or next. Uh, I was supposed to see The Woman in Black, but the wife got kind of sick. So I am planning on seeing that, and I'll throw a review up. So it's, it's going good. I'm pretty excited. Uh, you know, this, this year was pretty awesome so far in the theater, seeing Underworld. You know, it's definitely a, a fun film. It's not an Oscar-winning performance film, but it was definitely super fun. So that's kind of the uh, little updates I have. I can't wait to, uh, to see those safe houses coming out with Ryan Reynolds and Denzel Washington. I would love to see that in a theater. I'm not sure it's going to happen, though. So that's what I got for movie news. Now, here's something that I wanted to talk about with music news. Now, on my personal Facebook page, I posted this article uh, very recently, which is why even major label musicians rarely make money from album sales. And it was a really in-depth look on basically how 63% of all the money goes to the record label, 13% goes to the band, 24% goes to the distributor, and then when you break it out, uh, it's essentially like uh, they 
it's really really good I mean essentially it breaks out to tell you that even though a band may get a million dollars up front after the fees that they're paying back they're essentially making 20 like $23 for every $1,000 worth of albums sold. It's really, really crazy. If you guys, I highly recommend you check out this article. I'm going to actually post it on the Facebook page. Uh, but the reason why I bring it up is one of my, uh, you know, as you guys know, I've told you in the past that my favorite band is Pillar, and the lead singer currently uh, is going to be releasing a solo album, and he's on this new record label which I am really excited about. And the reason why this record label is pretty cool is it's called Identify Music. Identify. It's I-D-E-F-I music.com. And this record label is very different because it lets, it's kind of like independent, but it lets the artist be in control of how their music is released, when it's released, how much it's going to be. The artist actually gets paid for everything that happens versus having to go through a record uh, record label, which is pretty flipping awesome. So just in case I really didn't make it clear enough, I know it's kind of confusing, but essentially this new record label, it puts the control in the hands of the artist. So they set their own pricing, they determine what, when, how their music's released, payment to the artist is instant, doesn't revolve around the recuperating advances like when you're given like a million dollars up front uh, as seen in the traditional model that we've come to see. So it's pretty flippin' awesome. I really am excited about this new record label. I really hope it changes the the way musicians are done nowadays where, you know, as he said, he sold a million records and he has, he's barely ever seen any money from that. He's actually had to work other jobs while being a full-time musician. So I'm really excited about that. I'm going to post it on the Facebook page. So if you're not a fan on the Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash sweep delay podcast. So that's what I, that's what I have for movie and music news. Now let's get into TV news. Too much TV. All right, so TV news. Okay, guys, here's the thing. Uh, Whether you are an American Idol fan or not, it's pretty flippin' big. And here's the reason why I say that. Uh, As you guys know, you know, there's a lot of different artists, and I know you're probably thinking, well, why wasn't this the music news? But it's part of TV because, you know, as American Idol approaches the Hollywood week and they get to the final contestants, once they finally get to, you know, the top 12, that's when we start getting a lot of different people on the show. And it gets really entertaining. So I'm going to be talking a lot of American Idol that um, every week in regards to who's going to be the guest singers on the show. So if you like that particular artist, I'll let you know one week in advance. So that way you know to check in the following week. So I'm pretty excited. You know, I've been a huge American Idol fan. And last year was amazing having Steven Tyler on and Jennifer Lopez. And I just recently watched Steven Tyler with Carrie Underwood on the CMT. Crossroads, which was flipping amazing. Aerosmith is totally amazing band. I completely love them. But uh, American Idol is uh, definitely back. But surprisingly, the number one show in the world, which was American Idol, has been replaced with The Big Bang Theory. 
which I didn't know if you guys know that, but it's a really good, funny show. I know most people actually watch it. I'm pretty sure the syndication is the reason behind how it got to be so huge. But at any rate, both are both are excellent shows. Um, looks like CSI Miami could be on the chopping block. It all really depends. You know, we got Revenge is finally coming back this week, which I'm super pumped for. In fact, I think Revenge is on. Uh, it's on Wednesday, so I am excited to see where that's going to go. Ringers back. Uh, Supernatural uh, is back after the little break that they all took. So very excited and uh, really great stuff. So I want to hear what are some of your favorite TV shows on your next email. Go ahead and write in because if there's a TV show that uh, we haven't covered or haven't talked about and you want to hear about it, please feel free and write in about it. Uh, I was asked about BBC shows. My wife actually watches BBC a lot. So um, I've actually watched one show with her, but I can't remember the name of it. But I know that the uh, one of the girls is actually in Revenge, which is pretty cool. Being Human is originally a BBC show, but uh, I hated it. But I love the American version. I think the American version is awesome. Uh, pretty Little Liars is kick-ass as always. It's excellent writing. Uh, I know a lot of people think it's a quote-unquote chick flick show, but it's not. It's one of the best written shows out there. It keeps you guessing, keeps you interested every week. Really good stuff. So I, I'm loving TV. TV has been going, has been really good. So uh, really excited. So that's what I got, guys, for uh, TV news. So let's go ahead and get into the review of uh, Adventures of Ford Family. is dead. Bobby? A groupie has disappeared and millions are missing. I think that somebody's trying to rip my company off. Those were his kind of odds. His name? Ford Fairlane. Hey, it's Ford Fairlane. Hey, hey, what are your names? Neil and Bob? Is that like what you do, huh? A detective who's so smooth. What is it they call you? Precocious. Combustionable. He's aerodynamic. Same. <laughs> Everyone knows him. Hey, you're that guy. The private eye. You're a poet and didn't know it. Everyone owes him. Take this, boy. Well, money's fine, really. I need cash, moolah, wampum, dead presidents, Michael Jackson, Gerald Ford. See, that's the difference between a great investigator like me and a piece of spam like you. Spam. And nothing they say. You're a piece of spam. That's what I think of you. Can throw him. Mr. Fairlane, when I was 11, I walked in on my father in the Shetland pony he gave me for my 10th birthday. Does that excite you? I don't know. I never met your father. But this <laughs> case can put him back. I don't need money. In the black. I need questions answered. Question number one. Can I have some money? But when your beat is the music business... Let me see this chick around. Is this a trick question? You keep notes. On everyone. Got you. Priscilla Presley. Who? I wouldn't trust that babe as far as I could bowl her. Ed O'Neill. Booty time. Booty time. Robert Englund. <laughs> Tone Loke. Gilbert Gottfried. Sheila E. And Wayne Newton. What? Yes. Wayne Newton. And I gotta defeat a baby. Oh, he seems nice. Andrew Dice Clay. Oh! 
is Ford Fairlane. Delight Drive is made in a movie so hot. Got something cooking in the microwave? Get out! You better bring protection. Maybe it was just a pot pie. Ford Fairlane. Are you mad? No, I'm ecstatic! Coming in July to theaters everywhere. I ain't got you. Write down my number. 555-6321. Five, 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 Got it? Yeah. Wait a minute. 555 five, five, not a real number. They only use that in the movies. Oh, shit, honey. What do you think this is? Real life? <laughs> hey, you're that guy. The private eye. You're a poet and didn't know it. Oh! You sick son of a bitch. Have a Twinkie snap ahead. Booty time. Booty time. Across the USA, booty time, booty time, hey, 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 booty time, booty time, across the USA, it's booty time, booty time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. I didn't think anything could cheer me up tonight, Lieutenant, but that brilliant performance. <laughs> Jerk off. It's called Citizen's Castration. Next time it'll be for real. You stupid sour piece of garlic breath smelling motherfucker. Today is the last day of the rest of your life. Hello, hello. Look, wait, hold on, I got another call. Hold on. Yeah, hello, Smiley. Look, I'm sorry, that was my assistant. Your assistant is quite special. I look forward to riping her at your funeral. Breaking me heart. What's the point? The point is I want to go out man to man. Just me and you. Put down the gun. Let's go with it. Come on, you f***ing sissy. What, are you afraid of me? Come on, man or the man or fish the cuss, baby. Let's go with it. Just you and me. No one's around. Come on, I f***ing had it. Let's go. Right. Anyway, you want it. <laughs> <laughs> You crack me up, you know that? What kind of idiot throws his gun down? I mean, use your head. I mean, is there something wrong with you or what? I mean, who's look, look what you did. Thanks for work. Thanks for being a jerk-off. I mean, man to man, mano to mano. How does mano to mano mean? Use your head. All right, guys. Ventures of Ford Fairland. I am very excited about this. You know, when I did, when I first started up this podcast, which I'm pretty excited because the podcast is almost a year old. When February 12th comes along, this Sunday, Sweep Delay Podcast will officially be one year old. And uh, I'm very excited about that. The show's come a long, long way. And uh, you guys have definitely been the greatest fans out there. You know, as I, as we said on the last episode that, you know, we may only have 30, 35 people that listen to the show, but I'd rather have 30 to 35 people than have 100 and be interactive with every single every single person so it, it's just awesome amazing and so many changes have happened and it's been such a long long ride and i'm so glad that uh all you guys have stuck with me through all the through all the thick and thin and and all you know trying it's just i i can't put into words how much it means to me 
that you guys just listen to the show and, and support me and, and interact with me every day on Facebook. It's just you guys are all awesome and you guys are the greatest fans. I just wanted to say that. So I know not a lot of people are going to be listening to this particular episode, but uh, I know the diehard ones are, which is why I'm saying this is that you guys are all awesome and, and I can't thank you enough. So uh, let's get into let's get into the good stuff. So Adventures of Ford Fairland. So if you didn't know, this is an Andrew Dice Clay film. So Andrew Dice Clay, uh, you know, back then this guy, I mean, this is this movie came out in 1990, and it was pretty much at, at the height of Andrew Dice Clay's career. If you don't know who Andrew Dice Clay is, he's essentially uh, he's a comedian, of course, but uh, he was pretty raunchy, pretty nasty. Um, you know, I'm sure once we get going, you're really going to recognize them. And, uh, you know, I'm sure from the clips you've heard, you know, before the review even started, you kind of like, oh, yeah, that's Andrew Dice Clay. You know, he's real famous for the nursery rhymes and putting the cigarette around his mouth and, you know, like, taking his arm, putting it around his face to smoke a cigarette. Real funny stuff. So this film is, uh, as I said, came out in 1990, and it's considered the rock and roll detective. And because his beat is the music industry, so to speak, takes place in Los Angeles. And the film is directed by Rennie Harlan. Now, Rennie Harlan, you know, he's kind of, uh, you know, he did Nightmare on Elm Street 4. And uh, he's done uh, Deep Blue Sea. I mean, this guy, he did uh, Die Hard 2, which was uh, pretty flipping awesome. So, you know, Rennie Harlan, he... You know, Cliffhanger, Long Kiss Goodnight. I mean, you kind of see where I'm going with this. He's a really good, well, most people probably wouldn't say he's really good, but I think he does a really good job of doing action and comedy. And uh, this movie doesn't have a lot of action in it, but it has a lot of comedy. Now, here's the thing with Andrew Dice Clay. I can definitely say that he's, you know, he's definitely a jerk, douchebag, no doubt about it. But it's the supporting cast in this film that helps make this movie so fun and so good. I mean, is Ford Fairland, the main character of this film, a likable guy? Not really. I mean, he's very disrespectful to women and he always has something nasty and dirty to say. But at the same time, little scenes here and there, you kind of, he, he shows the you know, deep, dark secret inside of him, so to speak, where, you know, he's like, you know, Jazz, she can always, she always despited me for who I really am. You know, comments like that. Uh, it's, he definitely has the, I'm cool, macho wall that he, or front that he puts up for everybody. But when you get deeper into the film, you kind of see his guard come down. But uh, it's the cast that, and the cast around him is what really helps make this movie so good. We got Wayne Newton, we got Priscilla Presley, which if you don't know who Priscilla Presley is, think of Elvis. We have Lauren Holly, which is great. Gilbert Gottfried actually makes uh, a small role. He's very effective in this film. Now, David Patrick Kelly, you're going to know him from The Crow. You know, he played T-Bird, and then he was also in Commando. Really uh, cool. Brandon Call. Brandon Call, uh, if you ever seen the show uh, Step by Step, which was a really fun show. I really enjoyed that show back in the day. It was an ABC sitcom. He played JT. He's actually in this film. Uh, he's, he's a really cute kid, but he's got a mouth. And most of all, we have the two legends. We have Ed O'Neill from Married with Children and Freddy Krueger himself, Robert England. I mean, these guys 
are what helped make this film good. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Andrew Dice Clay could not hold this film together. But it's these supporting people that help make Andrew Dice Clay look good and help make this movie fun, if that makes sense. So the basic premise of this film is that Ford Fairling starts off the film sitting on a beach smoking as the film opens, which really is the ending of the film, which I'll get into in just a little bit. Uh, as flashbacks start, it shows a roaring crowd at a concert given by this fictional popular heavy metal band, The Black Plague. And The Black Plague lead singer Bobby Black, which is played by Vince Neil, uh, makes this really cool entrance down the zip line onto a stage. And then he shortly into the song, he f- collapses and he dies on the stage. So after that happens, we see... Um, Ford Fairland, you know, makes his uh, introduction uh, really cool. Uh, I'll get into the details of that, but we kind of see he makes a... This film has a lot of great one-liners, and the one-liners are what really help makes this film so much fun and so funny. So um, you're introduced a little bit later to shock jock Johnny Crunch, who's played by Gilbert Godfrey. He's the old friend uh, of Ford Fairland. Now, he hires Ford to track down this mysterious uh, girl. She's like this teenage groupie. Her name is Zuzu Petals, which she is played by Maddie Corman. Now, the only movie that I know her in is Some Kind of Wonderful. She plays Eric Stoltz's sister. Uh, very cool in that movie. Very annoying in this one. But she's supposed to be, so she obviously gets the job done. So, uh, after, and that's essentially what really starts to get the movie going. And she may have a connection to Bobby Black's death. So, soon after hiring Ford, Crunch actually gets electrocuted uh, while he's doing his radio show. So, the world's, you know, rock and roll detective soon finds himself trading insults with uh, this guy, Wayne Newton, which, if you don't know who Wayne Newton is, where have you been? He's basically a ruthless record executive, and uh, he also clashes with this clueless cop, which is played by the awesome Ed O'Neill. He's basically a former disco star, booty time, booty time across the USA. Oh, yeah, it's good times. And then we have a hitman, which is played by Freddy Krueger himself, Robert England. But, man, he's so flipping good. And if you couldn't tell from the clips that I played earlier, uh, that's him with the uh, English accent, Me break, you breaking me heart. And uh, hello, hello. It's, uh, I just love him. He's so flipping hilarious. And there's countless, uh, there's countless crap that happens in this film. So good. So um, Ford Fairling is also assisted by his loyal secretary slash girlfriend slash ex-girlfriend. You know, they definitely play along with that. But her name is Jazz. She's played by Lauren Holly, which you'll probably know her from Dumb and Dumber. She's really funny. She used to be married to Jim Carrey. And uh, there's also a bizarre lineup of suspect and victims and uh, beautiful women. There's also a really cool koala bear. Uh, oh, good good stuff. So what really starts to get crazy in this film is there's these three CDs, which when read simultaneously, detail this illegal dealing of Julian Grendel, which Julian Grendel is played by Wayne Newton, who essentially murdered Bobby Black. Uh, when he found out 
that uh, Black Cat acquired them. And the first disc was with Colleen Sutton, which Colleen Sutton is played by Priscilla Presley, which I'll get into her character in just a minute. The second one, Zuzu Petals has, which, you know, as I said, was played by Maddie Corman. And then the third disc was actually hidden under the star called Art Mooney on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And uh, that that's really the, the premise of the film. Um... It uh, got a really awesome soundtrack. I mean, this film introduces the song Cradle of Love, which, you know, is from Billy Idol. So if you don't know that song, I mean, where have you been? Seriously. I mean, this is the reason why this, you know, of course the video is what took that song over the edge. But essentially, it was on the film soundtrack, so it was kind of like the theme song of the film. Uh, sea Crew is a really fun song. And uh, Tone Loke, he's I love Tone Loke. That guy is great. I love his voice. He's awesome. Uh, Motley Crue actually does Rock and Roll Junkie. And then, best of all, the song that you heard in the very beginning of the film is called I Ain't Got... Not the beginning of the film. The very beginning of this episode, you heard Andrew Dice Clay sing I Ain't Got You, which, you know, it's kind of... This movie is definitely fourth wall, doesn't take itself seriously, it knows it's a joke, it knows that it's uh, it knows it's stupid but at the same time, it wants to take you in for a ride and a lot of people, if you don't like Andrew Dice Clay is this movie going to make you convert it over and be a fan? No, it's not. Uh, if you tolerate Andrew Dice Clay, can you tolerate this movie? Of course you can. If you love Andrew Dice Clay, are you going to love this film? That's a little hard to say just because uh, even though his character is kind of uh, kind of a jerk and stuff, he's definitely not over the edge like his comedy act. And I'll get into the details of, of some of those scenes. But uh, the film is... Uh, it, it had... You know, negative reviews only holds a, a rating of 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. Roger Ebert called it a loud, ugly, mean-spirited film. Um, but hey, that's uh, that's the thing with this film. It's like Howard the Duck. It got a huge cult following after the film was released. I remember seeing this as a kid and just falling in love with it. And I just, you know me, I love cop movies, Beverly Hills Cop, Lethal Weapon. This is one of the films that when I want to watch a cop movie, I'll throw in just because it's, it, I laugh so much. It's so funny. All right. So let me talk about my favorite parts from this film. Uh, starting with the beginning. So as I mentioned before, he's on a beach reminiscing about you know, having flashbacks of the whole movie that you pretty much watched, and then the last five minutes of the film, you're taken back to the beach scene. So I, I like films that the ending is the beginning, and you're taken back to what happened before that scene, and then the scene then picks up at the end of the film, which is pretty cool. So Black Plague, um, you know, is as I mentioned before, is a fictional band. Which Vince Neil, if you can totally tell it's Vince Neil, and uh, it's pretty cool if you're a big fan of Motley Crue, you get to hear a good old Motley Crue song in there. So uh, it definitely lets you know that you're kind of in a rock and roll film, no doubt about it. You know, because the premise is rock and roll detective. I mean, even the poster mentions that, I think. So that was pretty cool. I like Ford's entrance. Uh, you first start off, and you get his car. And then they show his keys, which has the name Ford on there. And then when he walks into this dance club, he's smoking a cigarette, says some pretty funny stuff. Like these two guys come up to him 
and they start giving him crap about being a rock and roll detective and he says is your name Neil and Bob or is that just what you do you know stuff like that uh there's a girl slaps him across the face and what goes for my sister goes for me and uh he gives her the number and says 555 and then finishes the number she goes wait a minute they only do that in the movies and he goes no no crap what do you think this is real life you know jokes like that or what you get throughout the whole film is where it recognizes that it's a joke you know which is what makes it so good it's definitely in the so bad it's so good category or a guilty pleasure film because it knows the kind of film it is which is pretty cool when a girl in a dance club is given him the number, uh, her number, and she says something that rhymes. I love it when he says, you're a poet and didn't know it. Oh, he does this thing where he says, oh, all the time. It's part of his act. So he kind of throws the Andrew Dice Clay act in the character of Ford Franklin, which is pretty funny. Uh, I really dig that scene. Uh, when we see David, David Patrick Kelly come in, he plays this real crazy obnoxious stalker uh he definitely looks drunk wasted high i mean he's definitely off of his rocker by the end of the film he definitely cleans up and he's a interesting character but he always has some crazy things to say to ford fairling and uh and i really like it because there's this one scene where he's asking the bartender for he says shake me and he gets a specific shake where he sets it on fire and he blows it out and then he tells the bartender kind of in a rude way but in his way he's being nice where he's like he's basically saying it's good but it's not thick enough but he kind of slaps him in the face and gives him a smile and just says you're getting better you know it's kind of his way of saying you're doing a good job and that's when he comes in contact with uh, this guy that's stalking these girls called the Pussycats you know Josie and the Pussycats hence you know the uh the title the self awareness of itself and uh he tries to get away and Ford Fairling pulls out this gun out of his coat and it's really really cool he just opens he just throws his arm out the gun comes out of his hand and, and he shoots this uh disco ball on top of his head because he's trying to escape i found that really funny because it kind of shows you He's a rock and roll detective because he's cool, you know, and, and some people may think, no, that's not cool. But I thought it was cool, especially when I was younger. I thought, man, that was so flipping awesome. Good stuff. And I think what makes that bar scene so funny or so good is the line he says before he tried to run away and he shot a disco ball on top of his head. He goes, you're 10 seconds away from the most embarrassing moment of your life. And I swear I've used that line numerous times. Of course, it was probably by myself and not actually saying it to somebody that could probably hurt me or end my life. But it's always funny to say that line. So, so when he's taken uh, David Patrick Kelly to his place, which his place is by... Of course, a music, uh, you know, music record label. Tom Loke is there with his buddies rapping. Real good stuff. And uh, I really like the interaction between Tone Loke and him on the stuff that uh, they say, which is pretty funny. I played a small clip of it with the other clips. So good stuff. I love Tone Loke. He's awesome. So when you get introduced to Jazz, uh, Lauren Holly, you know, you can see that she's very irritated with uh, his lifestyle because, you know, Ford Franklin's basically a slut. I mean, in all in all, I mean, that's what he is. He's 
he just sleeps around with uh, with women all the time, and uh, a lot of them pay him with gifts instead of money. So he, he, he kind of jokes about why am I in the rock and roll business? I get paid with gold watches and drumsticks, and you know I can't pay bills with this kind of stuff. So and, and Lauren Holly immediately. You can tell that she sees right through his crap, and because uh, as I mentioned before, they used to date. So there's that uh, there's that story that will play out through the rest of the film between their relationship, which I really like. Uh, she does a really good job of being the uh, the woman that sees right through you, because those are the best kind of women in the world are the kind that can see right through your crap and the kind of person you really are. And that's definitely the character that she plays, and I really, really enjoy her. She's awesome. So when we get introduced to the kid, as they call him, which is Brandon Call from Step by Step, he wants to be like Andrew Dice Clay, he wants to be like Ford Franling, and he actually has, uh, he, when Ford Franling puts a cigarette in his mouth, he puts a cigarette in his mouth, and one of my favorite lines, uh, he says, get that out of your mouth, don't you know that those things will kill you? So as he's walking to his car, he actually put uh, David Patrick Kelly in his car, and when he lifts when it, it, he has, as as you know, it's a Ford Fairlink. So when the top comes up, because it's a convertible, it's kind of like he's stuck underneath the kind of the trunk, and it's like he can't breathe. And he's like, "You sick son of a bee!" And he goes, "Here's a Twinkie." Snapperhead. Snapperhead is my favorite line that Andrew Dice Clay has ever said. I use it all. I used it all the time. I still use it to this day. If someone makes me mad, I call him a snapperhead. I love it. And uh, Brandon Call says this line where he's like, why are you always effing with me? He says, if you say the F word again, I'll bang you right the F out. You understand me? Now get the F out of here. I mean, that's just, that's Ford Fairling in a nutshell. You know, uh, real, real crazy, real rude, real out of the, just, man, this movie is very, uh, I don't want to say dirty, but I mean that's essentially Andrew Dice Clay. He's a dirty comedian, but he he does a balance of being very dirty. He's very unlikable, but at the same time he's like the guy that you love to hate. Does that make sense? It's like you you know he's a jerk, but you know he's also the good guy when you see all the bad guys in the film. Ford Fairling is the best guy out of all the other guys in the film, but he's also a complete douchebag. Uh, but you love to hate him, you know, and, and you love to laugh at him because he he makes fun of himself all the time. He recognizes that yes, I'm cool, but I also can make fun of myself at the same time, which is pretty awesome. So one scene I love is when uh, when David Patrick Kelly is taken to Ford's office, and uh, we get the tone loke. Uh, confrontation because uh, when Ford takes him to the rooftop and uh, he's like this is called a citizen's castration where they're basically the girls are pretending to cut off his Johnson you know uh, makes him think it's going to happen scares him and he jumps off a roof and, and that's when Ford says next time it'll be for real and he lands on top of Tone Loke's stereo. And that's when Tone Loke says this really funny, hilarious line that I absolutely love. And uh, by the by, the next time you see him later on in the film, he's kind of cleaned up his act. And he's no longer stalking girls and, and exposing himself. Which is essentially what he was hired, why Ford was hired to get this guy is because he exposed himself to uh, 
Josie and the Pussycats and they just kind of wanted some revenge. So it was a really funny scene. I really liked it. It was some good times. So uh, another thing was the koala bear. So Ford gets payment with a koala bear. Uh, actually, he gets he gets uh, a gold watch from Josie and the Pussycats. But other clients gave him a, a koala bear. Super cute. And uh, when he talks like, what the heck is that? A giant mouse? And he makes funny lines about how he's going to make koala burgers and koala chips and koala dip. Uh, you know, real funny. And when we get a... And when Lauren Howley does the answer machine, we hear God, uh, Gilbert Godfrey on the other end. Now, here's the thing with Gilbert Godfrey, which, I, you know, we just talked about him in the Beverly Hills Cop 2 episode. He's definitely over the top. He's very annoying, and most people don't like him. This was the very first film where you got the typical Gilbert Godfrey uh persona where he screams and he's got the squinky eyes and he's just being over the top and then as soon as he is done doing his performance on the radio he turns around his eyes are normal and i'm talking in beverly hills cop 2 his eyes were like squinted but in this film this is the first time i've ever seen his face where his eyes aren't squinted and he's actually talking very low very calm uh, it was actually an enjoyable scene watching because you kind of get some history between him and Ford and how he's going to hire him and actually give him money to find Zuzu Petals. And uh, I really, you know, the, when I first saw him for like the first two or three minutes, he was annoying. But the moment that he puts the headset down, I really enjoyed his character. He's only in it for about maybe seven, eight minutes, and then he eventually dies. But uh, those couple minutes was a pretty good scene. I, I really did enjoy it. Now, there's this thing that Ford does where he says, unbelievable. A lot of times he'll say, un-effing believable. Uh, there's one thing before he went to go see Johnny, he gave Jazz a kiss and said, uh uh, I mean, it, it. it's like, how how awesome was that? Was that not mind-blowing? And, of course, she just rolls her eyes like, that was stupid and you're a jerk, you know? So I love the chemistry between those two because he's always thinking he's super suave and she knows that he is not suave and he's just a stuck-up jerk. But deep down inside, there's something that she cares about him but she just can't seem to figure it out. So I thought I, I really like the scenes between Jazz and Ford. It really helps kind of bring some heart to the film. Um, so I talked about, well, I haven't talked about Zuzu Petals yet. So Zuzu Petals, she's essentially uh, very annoying. Uh, she's played very well, though. And she's supposed to be the dumb, blonde, ditzy girl, you know, the typical stereotype unfortunately she does it very well she's very annoying you always want her to shut up and uh when you first see her um ford fairling is doesn't realize how stupid she is uh until a couple minutes into the film so i have to say the girl that played her as i mentioned before um you know her name is um Maddie Corman, and she did an excellent job in Some Kind of Wonderful, but, uh, you know, I can always tell if I'm real annoyed with you, you're doing a good job, and, and that's something that she definitely does is a good job, so... Now, Zuzu Petals actually hasn't come into the story yet. It's just Johnny shows a picture of Zuzu Petals to Ford. Um, when 
he's uh, when Johnny's being electrocuted, there is a, actually a funny scene where Ford does a U-turn in the middle of the street, and he goes, "These LA drivers, how do they get their license?" Um, one, the scene is kind of brutal when he's getting electrocuted; he's kind of being fried, but it's a really cool effect, uh, like camera shot where when Gilbert Godfrey falls through the glass, the moment that his head hits the ground you get a snapshot of a picture which you're already at the crime scene. And of course in real life it wouldn't have happened, but it's a really cool making the film go super fast when he falls he when he falls through the glass, his head hits the floor and they're already taken you're already at the crime scene. I mean it was a pretty cool effect. I, I don't really see that too much in films and I, I know it's it's kind of, you know, I don't know, some people may think it's kind of dumb, but I kind of like it. I thought it was a pretty cool, I was kind of like, wow, that's a pretty cool shot. It's one way of getting the scene going. So uh, during the uh, interrogation or, you know, the crime scene, we get introduced to Ed O'Neill, booty time, and uh, he hates Ford. He hates Ford with a passion. And the one thing that Ford always does is, uh, you know, his name is, um, let's see, in the film... His name is uh, Lieutenant Amos, you know, A-M-O-S, but Ford always calls him Anus, you know, you can see where I'm going with this, and uh, really fun lines between these two, where, uh, are you calling me an a-hole, a-hole, he goes, no, I'm calling you an anus, uh, sir, Um, and I think, and they also have this thing later on where like, well, you're a piece of spam. No, you're a piece of spam because that's what I think of you, spam. It's just a real, it's a running joke between these two to tell you how much they they hate each other. It's funny. I really dig it when uh, Ed O'Neill's on screen. It's good stuff. So um, there's actually one part where Brandon Call, the kid, hires uh, Ford to find his dad. And he's like, here's a hundred bucks. And, uh... And he's like, I'm not taking your money. He goes, you need it. He goes, I don't need it that bad. And the next scene, he wakes up the next morning with the money in his hand. And he says, I can't believe I took the money. Uh, that was really funny. So right after that, we get introduced to uh, Priscilla Presley's character. Now, she is a very rich, very powerful woman. And there's a couple jokes that are made, uh, pretty nasty ones in regards to, you know, he likes to call his Johnson Stanley. Uh, because, uh, you know, when she an- when he answers the door, she notices or, you know, what's up with, uh, yeah, you know. You, you can kind of see where I'm going with this. It's a typical Andrew Dice Clay uh, jokes, but it's kind of a funny scene because he's trying to make these jokes to make her laugh, and she's like, "I don't have a sense of humor either." And her job essentially is to hire him to find Zuzu pedals. And he's like, "Well, hey, Johnny hired me to to find Zuzu pedals." The thing with Johnny is, is he only gave for part of the money, versus uh, she actually gives him all the money. He's like, "What? I get a twenty now?" And she goes, "No, actually, you get you get to have it all." And uh, her character is Colleen Sutton. So uh, Priscilla Presley does a good job. She's only in the film maybe about like 20 minutes, but every scene she's in, she definitely does the, you know, very powerful, rich woman presence. And uh, you can tell that Dice is definitely, or Ford is definitely intimidated by her. So I really enjoy her character. I thought she was pretty cool. And uh, unfortunately, she does die later on in the film. But uh, all in all, uh, I really dig Priscilla Presley. I thought she did a good job. Alright, so now we're going to get to one of probably my favorite part of the film. And that's when uh, Ford goes to find out 
about uh, Mr. Julian Grendel. So goes to Grendel Records, and we get this guy who's singing, who I swear to God, I think on purpose he was not supposed to sing because this guy sucks. I mean, he is flipping horrible, and I, I'm sure it was meant to be that way because Ford starts to rip this guy a new one, and uh, that's when he first comes in contact with Wayne Newton. Wayne Newton, great bad guy. Now, my favorite Wayne Newton film is Best of the Best 2. That's an awesome martial arts series, which at some point I'll definitely cover on the show. Uh, Wayne Newton is definitely a great bad guy, kind of like Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts is awesome as a good guy, but man, when he's a bad guy, he's super badass. I love it. And Wayne Newton is the exact same way. He's a very good bad guy. So uh, during this scene, they talk about the music industry and uh, and Dice, you know, Ford gets gets pissed off at this guy, thinking he's all awesome by smiling and doing like you know the the OK symbol from his hand. And he, one of the engineers, says, "What is this a hole smiling about?" So. You know, Ford walks in. He says, "What is this? I'm gonna be, you know, you're killing a rock and a rock and rape and roll, man." And that's when he busts into a song, which I played in the very beginning of the show. I ain't got you. Now, of course, in any other film, unless it's specifically a musical, a musical number is out of place. You know, unless you're dealing with Ford Fairlane uh, or Easy A. This is uh, definitely a musical number that you're like, why is there a musical number in this film? Especially when you're like, okay, work with me and people know the words and they know all the music. But this is like, again, a movie that doesn't take itself seriously and knows that it's a joke. Kind of like Howard the Duck. Doesn't take itself seriously, knows it's a joke. Either you get it or you don't. It's as simple as that. Either you get Howard the Duck and you like it or you despise Howard the Duck. It's the same thing with this film. Either you get it and love it or you don't get it and you hate it. It's a simple thing. And this scene is definitely the epitome of this movie where he does a dance number and he sings and it's flipping awesome. I love this scene. Uh, it took me forever to find this soundtrack. And when I finally did, I played this song over and over and over again because I just couldn't get enough of it. It was super, super great. So after the musical number, he gets out, talks about how that's the only song that he knows because he got banned from MTV, which was really true. He really did get banned from MTV, so it's kind of an inside joke. So uh, he stops, looks, and sees these two guys. And these two guys are definitely a weak point in the film where he's like, uh, are you guys in a band? And he goes, yeah, what's your name? Uh, what's the band's name? And he goes, uh, Pain. I mean, he's real stupid looking, real... A horrible actor, whoever this guy is, it says, yeah, I'm in a band, pain. I don't know. He's supposed to be some henchman. Just ridiculous. It's essentially like, you know, it's Grendel's, Grendel's dudes. You know, his, his lower, his men on the totem pole that do all his dirty work. You know, in a movie that's supposed to be not taking itself seriously, these guys do a bad job. They're definitely a weak point in the film for me. Because anytime I had to see these guys, I just kind of rolled my eyes. They're, they definitely were not good bad guys. Alright, so let's talk about good old Robert England, Mr. Freddy Krueger himself. He plays Smiley, and Smiley is this hitman, and he's flipping hilarious. Oh my gosh. He has this thing where he always says, hello, hello. Really good stuff. And he always got, you know, he has broken English where he'll say, like, you breaking me heart. Or uh, one of my favorite lines he says is, uh, 
your your assistant is special. I look forward to riping her at your funeral. I mean, it's so bad, so horrible, but it's so funny, especially the way that he delivers the lines. So good, so good stuff. So, um, what happens is is um, Ford goes to um, goes to the boat, which uh, the boat would be. Um, Gilbert Gottfried's Johnny Crunch's boat to try to figure out, you know, things. And that's when he comes in contact with Smiley for the first time. And uh, during their fight encounter, he puts a TV, you know, they're in water because Ford shoots the boat and it starts to sink. He takes the TV and they bust it over his head. So you're thinking he's dead because he just got a TV over his head, kind of like Stu and Scream. Nope, that's just one of the many times that he gets killed in this film. Uh, or you think he gets killed. So uh, what happens is during with the boat, he finds out that Johnny Crunch was actually uh, with um, Priscilla Presley's character, Colleen Sutton. They made a video together. He's like, is this the Rob Lowe channel? And that's when he realized that he had to get the information, more information from Colleen that she was basically holding out. So he goes to her big, huge like party and uh one of my favorite lines he says to her is uh i have a bunch of questions that i want to answer question number one can i have some money he's like he had just said earlier i spent all your money that's why i'm going to continue to do the job he's like question number one can i have some more money you know it was real funny and uh of course he's like no i'm just kidding uh he actually asked Jazz to come to the party looking nice and she comes very uh, seductive, very nice looking and he's like, Jazz, I told you to come nice, not, and then slaps her boobs and says nice, so of course he's being disrespectful there and uh, he goes way over the top when he actually takes some food, sticks it in his mouth, it's nasty and he grabs Jazz and gives her a kiss but when he's while he's kissing her, shoves the food with his tongue in her mouth so she has to eat the nasty food so that's to let you know how great their relationship is and uh when she uh she kind of gives him crap for it you know and uh that's when they first come in contact about the disc because colleen will give uh jazz the first disc and that's what starts the rest of the story on the missing disc which will by the end of the story tell you what the discs are all about now, one of the things that Ford says to her is, uh, you know, you look good. Uh, I'll throw a burger down your throat. We'll go have a good time. Uh, you know, I mean, those are the kind of lines that he says that you're just like, man, this guy's a douche. But, you know, at the same time, you're kind of like he's such a character that, as I said before, you just you love to hate him. And, and you just you actually are just going along with the ride and, and you kind of like Ford even though you know deep down inside how much of a jerk he is so and then of course uh after the party ford actually makes a comment how you know i've always you know appreciated jazz she's always despised me for who i really am you know and he's basically telling the audience that you know she really i really do care for and uh and it's a shame that i screwed things up because you know they have a fight about their weekend together and and stuff like that so uh later on there's actually a scene where we get good old smiley again and they because what happens is ford knows that he has to go to bobby black's funeral which kurt loader from mtv is telling everybody don't show up to this funeral yet on tv he tells everybody where to go so ford goes knowing that uh, he might find zuzu petals there and uh, he comes across Smiley again. And Smiley's actually kidnapped Zuzu Petals at this point. A lot of good... And that's where that line came from, your assistant special. 
this whole scene is really good. I uh, get more interaction between Ford and Smiley, and uh, actually Ford unintentionally steals um, a morgue truck that has a dead woman in the back, and uh, he freaks out about it. And uh, one of my favorite lines is Smiley is trying to call him on the cell phone. And uh, when he picks up for the second time, he says, F you, dirtbag, piece of S. And it's actually uh, Jazz on the other end. And he's like, oh, sorry about that. And that's when uh, Smiley will give the line of, your assistant special. I look forward to riping her at your funeral. <laughs> it's so wrong, but it's so funny at the same time. So, of course, uh, he crashes. And uh, they think, oh, you know, Ed O'Neill shows up. And and Ford's like dude your suspect's right here and what happens he disappeared and he's like how can he disappear well this is just the the common theme that Smiley can do is he can always get out of any situation so Ford knows that he pretty much has to protect Zuzu Petals to get information because uh, Ed O'Neill's character knows well thinks that she is the reason why he died and and he wants to bring her in so essentially against what he wants to do he he protects Zuzu Petals so he takes he takes her to his house and that's when they find the koala bear is hanging from a ceiling fan so you're like great my koala bear just died uh the tv blows up and then eventually the there's a timer in the microwave and it blows up his house so you know something somebody's after Ford and he's just trying to figure out What's the deal? Why are, you know, I must be getting very close if people are trying to kill me. And things get even worse after his house blows up. The kid shows up and says, you know, have you even, have you found my dad? Have you even looked? He goes, I got some leads. He goes, you know, you don't care. You don't care about nothing. And uh, and then he's mad at Ford and, and he takes off. And you really don't see him until the very end of the film. But this is kind of when things start to crash down for Ford. So... This is where we get the cradle of love starts to play because Ford actually goes to this um, this sorority place because one of the girls, uh, the girl in the beginning of the film that gave him her number and he said you're a poet and didn't know it, she actually sees Ford and Zuzu Petals are trying to, to hitch a ride. You know, they're hitchhiking and she actually picks them up, takes them to their sorority house so you see a bunch of girls in you know pajamas and they're half naked that kind of thing there's that there's no nudity in this film uh they definitely that's one thing i'm actually surprised about but they're playing the cradle of love really you know they're really hardcore in that song they they got to turn up really loud on here so if you're not if you've never heard the song before you can definitely watch this scene and and you'll be like oh okay you know, that that song sounds familiar. Now I know what song you're talking about. And while Ford is actually at this party, that's when uh, those two guys I was telling you about that I don't like that actually go to Ford's uh, office and they throw Jazz out of a window. And you kind of think Jazz is dead, but, you know, she's a tough girl. She's actually a martial artist, which is pretty cool. And uh, she has a really fun line before she gets thrown out the window of, you know, if you guys have a son, I hope your dog dies. I mean, that's the meanest thing that this girl knows how to say. That's the difference between Ford and her. You know, Ford will say some pretty nasty, crude things. And the worst thing that she can tell somebody is, I hope your dog dies. I mean, this is true opposite to track storytelling, basically. So really good stuff. Real, real funny. 
So when we get to kind of the climax of the film when essentially uh, Ford and Zuzu Petals are at uh, at Wayne Newton's place, you know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Julian Grendel, and uh, of course Freddy's there, you know, Smiley. This thing that Ford loves and adores more than anything on the face of the planet is Jimi Hendrix's guitar. He actually um, has... You know, he talks about the details of it, but they threaten to hurt the thing he loves the most. And uh, he's like, no, it's not. It's not Zuzu pedals. It's when they're going to take his guitar and throw it out of a window and uh, which they do. And, you know, Grendel tells the guys to kill him. So Ford finds a real crazy way to escape by putting gum and in uh, and this like uh, pin inside a inside an outlet and it shuts the lights off so they they escape go to the roof so this is where we get a really funny chase scene where smiley is chasing them throughout uh this big building you know they're trying to go uh get down as as fast as they can they don't have any stairs or anything so they're kind of jumping from ledge to ledge and that's when uh by the end of it uh that's when smiley gets a hold of uh of Zuzu and what does Ford find? He finds his guitar laying there uh when he is trying to hold on for his life and he says the real funny line of it's my guitar. It's all scratched up. It's all scratched up and you know he's he's kind of crying but what does he do? He takes the guitar to save Zuzu's pedal's life and uh throws it at Smiley, hits him in the face and what does he do? He falls to his death on top of a piano and Ford has the ever so lovely line of say hello to Liberace a-hole real hilarious stuff so okay we all know the 80s and the big word psych that was a word that I am guilty of saying is I I overkill that I said psych to everything so when I actually heard it in this film I forgot about that that line was in this film and I totally rolled my eyes because when uh when Ford is finally figuring out what the CDs are because when they get down from the building, they find the Art Mooney um, they star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and that's where they find the disc. And uh, based on Colleen's disc, Zuzu's disc, and then the Art Mooney disc, that's when they find out about uh, about what Julian Grendel is really doing. She says, oh no, the door's locked. And she says, psych. And I was just like, I roll my eyes at that. I'm like, oh my God, that that is so lame. Uh, back then it was funny, but today I kind of roll my eyes and I'm like, ah, I don't know. It was kind of dumb. So when we, uh, you know, we're getting the final showdown between Ford and Grendel and, uh, and Laura, uh, Jazz actually uses her car to hit one of the henchmen that threw her out of the window. And she said, you threw me out of a three story building. I hit you with my car. I consider that uh, fair game. And then he punches her in the stomach, and that's when she fights and uses her martial arts and kicks his butt. So uh, when uh, Grendel finds that Ford has the disc, that's when we get a pretty interesting scene. And what I mean by interesting is the, he explains why he is ripping off his company because he's surprised about how much the record label makes uh and he makes nothing and that the artists are the ones making the money and that's when Ford makes a line about it's funny how you have to how much money needs to go to the artists those bastards is basically what he says 
But when you think about it nowadays, as I was just mentioning before in music news, how that's completely changed. How now it's record labels they get all the money and the artist gets nothing. It's funny how from 1990 to 2012, how the music industry has really changed dramatically. And I, I know it's kind of a throwaway line, but that one line really got me like, wow, it's so amazing how things have changed. And, you know, I definitely love the digital age. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't love the MP3s and the iPods and iPhones and everything else like that? But, I mean, you got to remember back in the day, you know, when there was records out, if there was a song you wanted, you had to pay top notch. I mean, what, it was like 20, 30 bucks to get one song and then the rest of the album would completely suck. You, If you found like one other song that was good, you, you thought you had a gem. But nowadays, it's like every song has to be good, you know, in order for you to release an album. So it's really amazing how the music industry has changed. And that I really like that whole scene. It really... You know, it really made me think. It was pretty interesting. So, and during the conversation, when he talks about how, yeah, you know, he he hates music and he's only in it to make money. There is kind of a funny scene where he said, "I even pissed in the punch bowl," and you see a whole bunch of people spitting out the punch, the the punch all over the place. I thought that was kind of funny. So when um, Grendel realizes that he's been taped because. He has uh, Ford has Zuzu pedals using a microphone to tape everything that Grendel says as proof so everybody can hear what's going on. So once Grendel finds this out, uh, that's when he takes a gun, he's going to kill Zuzu pedals, and that's when uh, Ford actually gets his drink, the one he had earlier in the film that he set on fire. Well, he throws the shake onto, um, onto Wayne Newton. And then uh, he goes, you're fired. And he throws a cigarette at uh, at him. And then uh, Julian starts to starts to burn up in flames. It's pretty, pretty crazy. So you think the film's over. So we're back to the beach scene uh, in the very beginning of the film. Because he's like, okay, I've lost everything. I've lost my house. I lost my car. I lost my girlfriend. I, I lost everything. Walks into his burnt up house. And lo and behold is none other than Smiley. Hello, hello. He doesn't do it the funny way. He just goes, hello, hello. And that's when we have where he's finally mad and says, you know what? I'm sick and tired of this. I want to fight. You know, let's go mano to mano. Uh, you know, put your gun down and let's go. And as soon as he throws his gun down, he says, you jerk off. He goes, uh, what kind of... What kind of what's wrong with you? What, what's mano a mano? And then he pulls out his gun, he shoots him, and uh, he tells his gun, "Thanks for working," because it hadn't been working the rest of the film. And he says, "Thank," and he says, to "Smiley, thanks for being a jerk off." And then he throws the gun at his head and says, "Snapper head." And then he walks out. The kid shows up because he finds out that uh, that Smiley actually killed the kid's dad because there's this Fred Flintstone ring that is on his finger which is the same ring that the kid said his father would have and that's why he never wanted to kill Smiley originally is because he thought that um, Smiley was the kid's dad but when you're hanging from a building he's like the only thing to do is to save my life but Smiley actually tells him that he killed him a couple years ago so essentially uh, he tells the kid you know that his dad loved him and that he wants Ford to take care of him and uh, what's really cool is 
before Jazz shows up, they on the beach show that they're holding hands, which you know the whole movie Ford's character has been the you know I'm super cool, I'm super awesome, I would never want to hold anybody's hand, let alone uh, you know my new adopted kid. But that's what he does, and it kind of shows you that he's finally given up on his macho behavior, and uh, and he just wants to have a family. And when Jazz shows up, he tells her that he's sorry and that you know that I'm crazy for you and when he uses a nice tone she goes no I don't know but I really like your tone and uh and to top it all off the ending of the movie is this radio contest there's this joke throughout the movie where every time a phone rings he always answers the phone and says hit pay dirt with k dirt because it's a radio contest well his exploded house, the phone still works. And he answers the phone on the beach and says, hit pay dirt with K-Dirt. And the DJ says, I'm the new DJ and you just won a million dollars. And then Ford says, no crap. But he says the other word. And he goes, you can't say that on the radio. Oh crap, I just said it. So then we get them on a yacht and he goes, I love the music business. I get to win a contest and uh, and they're all like holding hands uh, and they kind of blow kisses at one another, blows a kiss at the kid and then him and Jazz blow a kiss and then we get them blowing a kiss to the koala bear and then Ford says the funny line, he says, what, you didn't think we killed the F and koala bear now, did you? And then the movie ends. So uh, the movie, you know, is this an Oscar performance kind of movie? Heck no. This movie, I mean, most people would consider this film a, a one star, maybe two stars if you're lucky. Me, I really, really enjoy this film. And if you were to tell me that you absolutely hate this film, I would totally understand and I wouldn't argue with you. But, uh, you know, if you're like me and Music Man, we both find this movie funny and we really enjoy it. Uh, fun. I mean, I really couldn't give this movie anything over a three and a half just because of the fact of, uh, you know, the supporting cast is what really helps to make this film good. But uh, just if you're not liking the crude this of Andrew Dice Clay which most people don't I mean it's definitely going to hurt the film for you but there's just enough of uh, of him being toned down and with the other characters in the film to help really bring things up is what really helps make the film good for me and uh, this is definitely the film that I've enjoyed the most of Andrew Dice Clay and uh, I've, I've had a you know I definitely revisit this film from time to time and uh, I would definitely say uh, being on a fun factor not being critical I would give the film three and a half but if I was being real critical on the film I mean based on the jokes and and just the overall craziness and how ridiculous the movie is I mean we're talking like one and a half two star but you know this is Mike Mack I like anything you guys know that so three and a half for this baby is what I give it and that's my review of the adventures of Fort Fairland. So let's hear what the uh, STL Nation had to say.
All right, now you're probably wondering how in the heck can I have emails when I didn't even announce the movie that I was going to be doing. Well, here's the thing. Um, I was really wondering how I was going to handle today because of the fact of, you know, the original intention was to do uh, Beverly Hills Cop and Short Circuit. So I do actually have a lot of emails on uh, that particular topic. So obviously I'm going to save those emails for when I, you know, when we do that, when we do those films. So, uh, you know, as I said, I've been going through podcast withdrawals, so I definitely wanted to record. And uh, the thing was, is me and uh, Music Man, we talk every day on Facebook together. You know, we talk all the time. We're definitely really good buds. And I was just talking to him about what am I going to do because I don't want to do Beverly Hills Cop 3 and I really want to talk some Johnny 5 because I had just finished watching Short Circuit. I'm, I love Short Circuit and I definitely want to talk more Short Circuit than I ever would want to do Beverly Hills Cop 3. And uh, But I was like... I don't really want to do it without Andrew, but I want to do something. And that's when uh, we started talking about, you know, just do, uh, you know, do a random movie you've been wanting to do for a while. And that's when I thought about the uh, the movies so bad, they're so good. I thought, hey, this would be perfect opportunity, you know. And I had Adventures of Ford Fairlane in my iPod, so I just watched it real quick when I when I was doing uh, when I was working and stuff. Because you know, I can kind of I can kind of do that a little bit, you know, on breaks and stuff like that. So. Uh, so I said, why don't you go ahead and email in on uh, on that? So obviously I got an email uh, from John, uh, the music man. But I actually have some other emails that I'm going to read. So I'm going to go ahead and read you the emails that aren't movie specific per se. And uh, then, we'll, uh, then we'll go ahead and save all the other ones for the next episode coming your way. So uh, here's... Something that's really flipping exciting. We have a new member of the STL Nation. And remember what I told you anytime we have a new member of the STL Nation, uh, I get to play my clip. I'm so excited I get to play it again. So here is a new member of the STL Nation. Banzai, Daniel-san! Hey, Banzai! 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 All right, now you're probably wondering how in the heck can I have emails when I didn't even announce the movie that I was going to be doing. Well, here's the thing. Um, I was really wondering how I was going to handle today because of the fact of, you know, the original intention was to do uh, Beverly Hills Cop and Short Circuit. So I do actually have a lot of emails on uh, that particular topic. So obviously I'm going to save those emails for when I, you know, when we do that, when we do those films. So, uh, you know, as I said, I've been going through podcast withdrawals, so I definitely wanted to record. And uh, the thing was, is me and uh, Music Man, we talk every day on Facebook together. You know, we talk all the time. We're definitely really good buds. And I was just talking to him about what am I going to do because I don't want to do Beverly Hills Cop 3 and I really want to talk some Johnny 5 because I had just finished watching Short Circuit. I'm, I love Short Circuit and I definitely want to talk more Short Circuit than I ever would want to do Beverly Hills Cop 3. And uh, But I was like, I don't really want to do it without Andrew, but I want to do something. And that's when uh, we started talking about, you know, just do, uh, you know, do a random movie you've been wanting to do for a while. And that's when I thought about the... Uh, the movie's so bad, they're so good. I thought, hey, this would be perfect opportunity, you know. And I had Adventures of Ford Fairlane in my iPod, so I just watched it real quick when I, when I was doing, uh, when I was working and stuff. Because you know, I can kind of, I can kind of do that a little bit, you know, on breaks and stuff like that. So, uh, so 
I said, why don't you go ahead and email in on uh, on that? So obviously, I got an email uh, from John, uh, the music man. But I actually have some other emails that I'm going to read. So I'm going to go ahead and read you the emails that aren't movie specific per se, and uh, then we'll uh, then we'll go ahead and save all the other ones for the next episode coming your way. So uh, here's something that's really flipping exciting we have a new member of the stl nation and remember what i told you anytime we have a new member of the stl nation uh, i get to play my clip i'm so excited i get to play it again so here is a new member of the stl nation all right so our new member is jason jason a now it's not the jason from you know uh, the Jason we all know and love, you know, if it's not that Jason, it's a new Jason, uh, which uh, his last name, I'm going to go by his initials so that way you guys know who it is. Now, here's the deal, Jason. Uh, everybody gets a nickname in the STL Nation, but usually got to write more than once for me to determine what your nickname's going to be based on, you know, our interaction and, and the personality and all that fun stuff. So I don't have a nickname for you just yet so you're gonna have to write in just a little bit more but uh, I I have a pretty good one based on uh, based on what you said and I'll run it by you at the end of this and you let me know if, if you think that's pretty cool just based on what I, I got here so this is what's really cool uh, the um, email subject says love the show and it says hi Mike I just want to let you know how much I enjoy the show you and I have love for most of the same movies I do need to correct one of your errors though and this is all in capital letters. It says Top Gun is not a chick flick, which is cool, sir. Uh, you know, a, a really a lot of that joke is from the um, the flicks episode of Top Gun. And I've really, you know, after listening to that, I was really like, wow, you know, compared to Iron Eagle, it really feels like a chick flick. But, you know, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I haven't watched Top Gun in many, many, many years. Uh, Iron Eagle has always been, you know, I watched Top Gun once. I think uh, maybe twice, but I, I watched it once for sure. I watched Iron Eagle. I fell in love with Iron Eagle, and I, it's always been the whole, you know, Iron Eagle versus Top Gun kind of thing, and it's always Iron Eagle for me, and I kind of give it the chick flick, uh, you know, based on, like, the, um, you know, the the bottle of uh, lotion all over and, uh, and the slow Take My Breath Away song. It was kind of like, uh, yeah, I can kind of see how it's a chick flick, but... You know, I, I can definitely respect your uh, your thought process there, sir, by saying it's not. So, good good times. And he said, I just started listening a few weeks ago and have listened up through Iron Eagle. He said, the show is great and well thought out. I was happy to see you move away from a scene-by-scene description and started doing just a general plot with high points, which... You're right, sir. You know, I have no flippin' idea why I thought it was a good idea to do a scene-by-scene movie review. I mean, it's really stupid, really lame. I have no why. I have no idea why. I don't know what drugs I was doing that day to make me think it was a good idea, but I agree with you 100%. I'm really glad that, you know, that, that kicked in. Unfortunately, you know, some of those movies I, I love and adore, and I really screwed up their reviews on just by doing a scene-by-scene. It made it real boring and... It just, uh, I, it's really hard to go back and listen to some of those. But, you know, I'm definitely, you know, with you, sir, when uh, it's just, I want to just do a high level of the story and then just get into all my favorite parts of the movie. And uh, it's definitely been a, 
it's been a format that I've had a lot of fun doing and will continue doing so. And uh, thank you for saying that, you know, it's it's well thought out because it's true. I do think all week about uh, how I'm going to format that episode, what I'm going to do, you know, what I'm going to say, what order should things go in, what kind of music do I want to do, that kind of stuff. And it's always very fun, very entertaining, and uh, it's definitely super fun for me. And I said a few things that I think will improve the show is to tell the name of the band and song when you play a song. Now, I actually wrote him back and asked him to clarify this because I thought he was talking about the music spotlight. But he was actually talking about when I play music from movies. So, for example, like The Heavenly Kid, I played a lot of music from the film and uh, Howard the Duck. Now, to go back and name all those would take a long time. So here's the thing. If you guys ever have any questions on any of the prior episodes of who was the artist that sang that particular song, let me know and I'll go back and find out for you. Um, you know, I've been pretty good, especially during Beverly Hills Cop. I would at least say, uh, I'm pretty sure I said who the artist was from and, and the song and it was from the soundtrack and stuff. So going forward, I'll definitely watch that a little more closely uh, and let you guys know the song clips that I'm playing, you know, who they are from. And he said a few things that I think will improve the show. Oh, which, sorry, I just read that. He says, it's a little thing, but it just helps if they want to buy the song on iTunes. Uh, which, a lot of the music I play, is you can't find on iTunes because it's stuff from my collection that I found through, like, eBay. And and um, and it's just, it's, some of it's really hard to find. And that's why I love to play it on the show, just so you guys can get a chance to hear it. But if it's, in a, if it's on iTunes, I'll definitely let you know. He said, also, maybe throw, maybe try and throw in some uh, movie trivia. IMDb has a section for most of the movies related to trivia. Bottom line, it's a great show. I'll continue to happily listen. Keep up the great work. All the best, Jason A. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to write the show. It's excellent to hear a new person. Uh, and you are officially part of the STL Nation. All you had to do was just write in once, and you're part of our small group of uh, dedicated listeners and fans of the show. And I will definitely take the movie trivia uh, into consideration. I try to come up with, uh, you know, find some cool things on the movie, but I'll see if I can find a little bit more than what I've been throwing out now. So it's great to hear from you, sir. Thanks so much for writing, and I look forward to hopefully having you write in every week. That would be super great. So, my uh, so as I was telling you, Music Man, John the Music Man, and me, he already knew hands. Uh, he already knew before I, before you guys got this, that I was going to be doing this movie. So he did write in and uh, on Adventures of Ford Fairlane, and here's what he had to say. He said, hello, sir. Let's talk about a movie so bad it's good. One of my favorite comedians, Dice Man and Ford, Mr. Rock and Roll Detective Fairland. This movie had a lot of his one-liners such as Ford Fairland, come on down, uh, come on, come on, boy, come down, Stanley. Uh, Roseanne Barr, gone. And my, uh, fab, and my favorite quote, which is, what, you didn't really think we killed the F and koala bear now, did you? Now, the soundtrack is all fun and a great track called Unbelievable, uh, which 
you guys know Unbelievable uh, by Inaccess, and it has the O, which is actually Andrew Dice Clay. So good times, love that song. And my next favorite is I Ain't uh, Ain't Got You. He said, plus Vince Neil was in the movie, so awesome. I was a big Motley Crue fan. Also, I like to break the rules, so here is a top 10 list of my favorite soundtracks. Not scores, just soundtrack. P.S. This list changes from time to time. Alright, so favorite movie soundtracks, Shrek first movie uh transformers 1986 uh bill and ted's bogus journey american pie 2 soundtrack american wedding transformers live action the first movie flash gordon queen uh, a kind of magic highline uh highlander queen ford fairland jay and silent bob strike back john the music man thank you sir as always for writing in always excellent to hear from you and uh Real good stuff. And then the final email comes from our, uh, I guess you could say, the most recent inductee into the STL Nation comes from Charlie. Now, Charlie, uh, I told him that I would be giving him his uh, his nickname today. And uh, here's the deal with Charlie. Um, Charlie came over from the other podcast I do. I host The Shadowy Flight, which is a Night Rider podcast. Uh, I'll be recording a new episode soon and, uh, and get that on out. And uh, I kind of messed up on the last episode. I, I screwed up some names pretty bad. So uh, I'm definitely going to rectify that situation because I have some kind of updated stories on that whole situation. But Charlie uh, was from that podcast and came over to Sweep the Lake and... Uh, Here's the deal. Uh, Charlie, his emails are always interesting because they're always short and to the point kind of thing. But his impact comes from Facebook because uh, he actually became uh, a friend of mine on Facebook and we interact pretty much daily. You know, pretty much John the Music Man, John the Mailman, uh, and Charlie, I interact with pretty much every single day. And, uh, And this nickname is for you, Charlie. And the reason why I'm hoping that you would like this name is because of the fact, you know, you're a really nice guy, but I thought Nice Charlie is just kind of lame. And I was trying to find a, a very, a better word for for nice. So I came up with a pretty cool nickname for you. It's Cheerful Charlie. So that's your new nickname on STL Nation, sir. I hope you like it. And if you don't like it, too bad. That's the name you're stuck with. Cheerful Charlie. Because Charlie's always about, you know, trying to be friends with as many people as possible and asking how you're doing and how's your day going. And, uh, you know, he always will want to, like, I'll pray for you, man. I hope things go good. And um, he's just a super, super nice, fun guy. And he's definitely Cheerful Charlie. So that's your new nickname, sir. So Cheerful Charlie writes in. Here's what he said. He says, hi, guys and gals. Which, come on, Charlie, there ain't no gals on this show. Who's ho- what, what gals do we have on this show? Now, if you're talking the STL Nation, we definitely have gals on the STL Nation. So I'm just messing with you, sir. He says, hi, guys and gals. I'm very excited for the next podcast. Looking forward to what Masunas has for us. That's all he says. That, like I said, Charlie, he's, uh, he's short, sweet, to the point. So thank you, Charlie. Appreciate your email, sir. It's always a good time. And uh, Anthony, the epic emailer, uh, he has wrote in on some awesome stuff, which it's about uh, Beverly Hills Cop and then Short Circuit. So on the next episode, I'll get to his emails. But I want to point something out really quick. Anthony does a great job of uh, making some cool artwork. 
the real simple stuff, but he takes time out of his day. He doesn't have to to always make us pictures. And I post it on the Facebook page. So if you guys haven't checked that out, please do so and uh, and like those and you know like it, comment on it because he he does some awesome stuff. And Anthony, I gotta say, sir. I don't know how you do it, but I was really shocked because I was looking for you on the Facebook page to see if you were a fan. I didn't see any Anthony's on there, but the moment that I put out that I was going to have a double feature on the Facebook page, you instantly wrote in on the double feature. So I was like, "Are you a magician or something, or are you going? Are you like some spy and you got a different name on Facebook and you don't want nobody to know who you really are?" So I'm pretty, you know, I'm I'm wondering about you, sir. Uh, I definitely love the the epic emailness of you, but I think you're like a secret spy or something. So it, I, I know it's a bad joke, but I thought that was real cool, real funny, sir. So good times, and I can't wait for everybody to hear your emails on the next episode. We got uh, John the Mailman on there. We got Sebastian. But uh, again, we will deal with the uh, Beverly Hills Cop and Short Circuit emails on the next episode. So that's what I got, guys, for emails. So let's go ahead and get into the music spotlight. Here comes the ready and now. Here comes the boys from the sound. Here comes the ready and now. So for the music spotlight this week, uh, this is a, a pretty special music spotlight for me. You know, I'd love to say that I'm playing uh, a really, f- well, it's definitely a, a fun song. But for me, it's got a, a kind of a different meaning behind it. Uh, I was recently, this past weekend, uh, the wife and me, we kind of relaxed on the couch and stuff, weren't feeling too good. And we watched the whole uh, top 100 songs of the 2000s. It was on VH1. And um, a lot of interesting picks on there. But there was one song in particular that uh, when I heard it, it made me think of uh, my best friend who's in jail right now. Um, as you guys know, I'm a big rocker. You know, I, I love rock music, but, you know, I love pop music. And, and I love, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I love. But, you know, uh, when I was younger, I was really into rap rap and hip-hop and you guys know I've played that on the show but I I love the the old school stuff and the new stuff uh, I just I just don't dig I just don't feel it really brings me down when I listen to it and uh, there's some occasional really good songs from like you know Jay-Z and and stuff like that but for the most part most of the hip-hop and rap that I I hear nowadays I just I just don't dig it so uh, you know my best friend um, you know he's he's black and and his favorite music is rap not like it's a stereotypical thing but you know it's just we always had this competition where he wanted me to hear the newest rap stuff and I always wanted to get him to listen to the rock stuff and it's just kind of our thing we were like dude check this out I know you like it and nine times out of ten I'd show him something he wouldn't dig it he showed me something I wouldn't dig it but there was this one time where he's like I got the perfect song for you it's my favorite song and he goes, I promise you, it's not, it's got some good, it's got some good hip hop vibe to it. Never heard of it before. And it's Rihanna's Umbrella. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, Mike, you know, that song is so annoying. But as they were saying on the countdown, it's one of those songs where 10 to 30 minutes later, you're still singing it. It's in your head. So I had never heard of Rihanna before. And, and the moment I heard the song, you know, I was like, wow, this song's really good. And the message behind it, especially how, you know, I'll be, 
I'll be your friend until, you know, the end. Uh, it's just, it really means a lot to me because of the fact of, uh, you know, he's in jail right now. He's not getting out for another year. I really miss him a lot. And every time I hear this song, it makes me think of one of the last times that we hung out together before he went. And uh, the fact that I got to experience his favorite song and the fact that I actually loved it meant a lot to me. And uh, and the message in the song is kind of how I feel a lot of the times with my friend. And then, of course, you know, there's the love stuff where she's singing about you know her boyfriend and stuff so obviously that part of the song doesn't appeal to me but the overall message is just you know uh no matter through your dark times i'm i'm still going to be there as you you know as your best friend and uh always we always write to each other and stuff but a lot of the people he thought was his friends never wrote to him and he said you really find out who your real friends are and i'm the only friend left that ever writes to him and stuff. So this song is dedicated to to my best friend. Uh, it's your favorite song. I love it. I dig it. And as soon as I saw it on the countdown, it made me think of the good times we had together. And the song is flipping awesome. And uh, I got Jay-Z in the beginning doing a quick rap. But most of all, uh, it's Rihanna at her best. Uh, excellent song. So this song means a lot to me. So it's dedicated to my boy. And uh, and that's it, guys. That's what I got for this episode. I know not a lot of people are going to listen to this episode, and that's okay. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Um, hopefully this weekend I'll get together with Andrew or uh, or next week. We'll go ahead and do the double feature of Beverly Hills Cop and Short Circuit. So this is your host with the most signing out. This is Messina out. Take care. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 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 Rihanna. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Good girl going back. No clouds in my stones. Let it rain, I hide your plane in the bank. Coming down like a Dow Jones. When the clouds come, we gone. We Rockefellers. We fly higher than weather. And cheap vibes are better. You know me. In anticipation for precipitation. Stack chips with a rainy day. Jay, Rain Man is back. With Little Miss Sunshine. Rihanna, where you at? You have my heart. And we'll never be worlds apart. Maybe in that. Still be